night, that night, however you want. You can have a dinner. You could have, we're having a dessert and cake night. Oh, dessert and cake night. Dessert and coffee night. Um, and the girls are excited about that. And we're gathering at the church. But if that doesn't work for you, you can meet in homes. Um, it will be a recorded message. And the guest speaker is Pastor Darlene Check. So we're pretty excited about that, and she has got a word in season. One thing can I mention, Pastor Michelle Fredericks, that actually leads our women across the state, has asked that at the end of the session we do have some ministry time. That that clip will lead into ministry time. So I just want to make that clear. If you are hosting a night that as a team, it probably might be hard if you do it in homes, you can work that out. Um, do include some um, ministry time for the ladies. That'd be wonderful. Yep. And we'll send out more. And there's four this year. So I will send out the info. I did send out a date claimer, so keep those dates free. Um, it's going to be a great time together. Sorry, Pastor Dave. Yeah, so good. Um, I was thinking about uh, you, Nathan, and you, Rachel. I was thinking that that even though it's been difficult, like I know a little bit of the history of how difficult times have been, but I just think you are to be joy, a river of joy. To a generation, I really do believe that. I, you know, that there's a there's a freedom in your spirit. That's the freedom in Christ. But also, there's a there's a reason in your originality, you know. And I think I think you, Nathan, are to me like a big kid. <laughs> and uh, and there's something there's something I just love big kids. There's just something adventurous in you. There's something like, you know, wanting to do things for the first time in you. There's there's something irreligious about you. And I think the two of you are an incredible combination. I would say don't step into anyone's shoes, you know. And uh, But I think there's joy in you. And I think the happier you are, the more you come into the river of joy, the, the, the more you'll release a new anointing for this next season that will be full of joy in Jesus' name. I've only got, listen, I've only got uh, like 10 minutes or so, so I'll race through this, right? I just, let me just uh, read something that Jesus said that I find quite uh, amazing. It's from Luke 9, 57. He says, as I walk along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another man, follow me. He replied, first, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I'll follow you, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back for the service in the, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I can't, I can't quite get over how rude Jesus was. <laughs> like, you want to be like Jesus, but not 100% like Jesus, because that's really rude, that, isn't it? Like, you end up in trouble saying that. If, you, if someone says, Dave, I want to follow you, and, and I say, koalas have eucalypts. He, he just, it's just, it's, he, like, I, he suddenly became a thespian. Brought a little bit of poetry out, right? He, the guy just wanted a pretty simple answer. And then how cruel, right? The guy, the guy said, you know, my, my dad's got two months more to live. He's in Jerusalem Hospital. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. It's just terrible. When you think about it, it's terrible, isn't it? It's so abrupt. It's just so, I don't know what century that worked in. Maybe just the first century alone, but... But in, in our culture, it's just, and you, but I'm thinking, what is Jesus doing here? Because often people say, if you want to build a great church, you build it on character, right? Great character. And um, people say you build it on, on chemistry, competency, and character. But they put character as the most important one. But I'm wondering, how much character do you need to be building a church? Like, what is this character thing, you know? Because I'm always changing, and so are you. What kind of character are we looking for? One that doesn't smoke? One that doesn't do drugs, you know, one that, one that doesn't look at porn. What kind of character? Where's the standard? And I would say that this is a parable not about standards, but about flexibility. 
And I would say this is to do with adaptability and adoptability. That Jesus said something to them, and they said, two out of three said back to them, first let me. And I think Jesus was, was jabbing at the first let me. Because I'm sure that if the guy whose, whose dad was dying and, and said, yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus, Jesus would have done a U-turn back to Jerusalem Hospital and healed his dad. Because that's the nature of our God. He's a, he's a beautiful God. He's a healing God. He's a kind God. So it seems out of character here. But this was about the Lordship of Christ, not the ministry of Christ. It's about the Lordship that leads to the ministry. And some people, the problem with a lot of people is they just need an altar. Because God sets fire to altars. You you know, they just, they just need to surrender and they just need to, to stop saying, I've got something else to do before I become a genius for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so it seems to me that, that, that what's at work here, what Jesus is pointing to, is the power of transformation. It's the ability to change, the ability to adapt. And I would say, I would call that the Premier League in God's church. And it's, the Premier League's nothing to do with age, nothing to do with uh, sex, nothing to do with anything like that. It's just to do with your flexibility. And I've got more in common with a 16-year-old who's, who's occasionally still using cocaine than a 65-year-old ex-Bible college principal with a Thompson Chain reference Bible that hasn't changed in two decades. Because what links us together is not holiness. What links us together is, is change. It's transformation. And discipleship is the process of transformation. And when it comes to transformation, it's not linear, you know, but we do change. It's like Jesus said, from now on, you're going to be called Rock. You're going to be called Peter, not Simon. Well, yeah, fair enough. But half of the Gospels, you're still called Simon, you know. And someone's Simon Peter, a bit of a mixture of both. Do with the old. You know, and then, then finally in Acts chapter 1, he stands up. That's not Simon. That's three years later. That's Peter. And so, you know, it's a, bit, it's, a bit, it's a bit like the earth's crust, you know, it just suddenly moves and there's a tsunami, right? But we are moving in the right direction. And I think that's what the Premier League's about. People say, if you want to build a great church, there's four words, and I don't agree with this, so don't say amen. They say, you want to build and belong, believe, dream, and achieve. You want to build a church on belonging, and then build a church on believing, then build a church on dreaming, then build a church on achieving. But you know, Jesus, when someone said, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus didn't put them in that order. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he's done that in order. He's done that in priorities. In other words, love God with all your heart. What do you do with your heart? You believe. So he puts belief first. Love God with all your soul. What, What do you do with your soul? You belong. He puts belonging second. He makes belonging dragged along by believing, not heading up believing. He says, he says then, 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 uh, then we'll put uh, mind, which is your ability to dream. We'll put that third, but it has to be subject to a good heart full of faith. And then we'll put strength, which is, which is your, it strengthens your um, belong, believe, dream, and achieve, your ability to achieve. And achievement-orientated churches are pretty ungodly at times because what God has determined is the churches will be fundamentally faith-orientated churches, belief-orientated churches, and underneath this, all the other things will follow along like, like four caterpillars being followed along. And so I'd say the church generally is like the English Football League, that, that you've got the Premier League at the top, then you've got underneath that, you've got the Championship, underneath that, you've got League One, underneath that, you've got League Two, and then you've got the Pub League. And I would say that that's your church. It's not homogenous. People say, Dave, how's your church going? You know, most of them aren't my people. It's not my church. They're, they just come and go as they want to come and go. 
So don't talk about my church. I don't know half of them, right? They're strangers to me. So it's not my church. It's not my church anyway because I'm a custodian of the church, right? But even, even if you did stretch and say it's my church, there's only a portion of them are my people, right? And, uh, and if, if the Premier League's led by believing, then the champions are led by belonging. And the problem with people lead by belonging is, is they're always ascertaining, is there enough love in this place? Does everybody love me? They've got a Geiger counter. Does everybody love me, right? They've got these two antennas up. How much love is in this place? Have I been affirmed today, right? And this, that's because they got attracted by belonging. They want to stay by the spirit of belonging. But unless that, unless that comes to an altar, it'll never build a church because you can't build a church on belonging. What you can do is build losses on belonging because once the connect group leader decides to go, because you built the church on belonging, everybody leaves in that connect group. You want to build it on the power of transformation. Everybody being changed by a revelation of Christ through the power of God. You want to build it on transformation. We are being transformed, metamorphized from glory to glory. Metamorphized, transformed like a, like a caterpillar into a butterfly. That's what's happening. That's the meat of the kingdom of God. That's the meat of church life. And everything's got to come under that because there's no point having people that are the same that they were two years ago go, but now they're leading a connect group. The only people that should ever lead connect groups are people that are slowly changing. Once they finish changing, what are you doing to the sheep? You're putting them under somebody who's now got rigor mortis, not transformation. You know, somebody has decided this is as far as I'm going. Well, you're good, but you're not great. Because Jesus Christ challenged these guys, you know, with pretty stark options. Let the dead bury their own dead, but make sure that I'm your first priority here. Make sure there's flexibility going on, you know. And then if league, if the championship is on belonging, then league one is, is on, uh, on, a, on a dreaming. And, and a lot of churches, I'm surprised how many people have said, Dave, what's your vision? And I've told them the vision. And they, they, they love the vision, but when the visions come to pass, they're nowhere around. I'm th- you know, the thing about vision, we put on DNA courses. Most of them are a complete waste of time. Because I, 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 when you Premier League, you don't need a DNA course. You think this is the right church. These are the right people. Job profile. Love each other as Christ loved the church. Job, prof- job profile. Just as I love myself, take care of myself, I'm going to take care of other people. It's very simple when you're in the Premier League. But when, you, when you're down there in League One, thinking, yeah, but what's the details? What, what part of Indonesia are we going to go into in three years' time? Well, the fact is, whenever I've mentioned other nations, I've just made it up. I'm just making it up because they're putting pressure on me to have to be some kind of spiritual genius. So most of my DNA, I'm just making it up. Just, you know, people say, what's your vision for 2022? I really don't know. I mean, to be a good guy, to, to run a great church. It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science, but they put pressure on me to make it rocket science. So I'm putting out this Asian vision right now, you know. It's, it's just, but it's just pressure from League, League One. The pressure you get from League One to have this really inculcated vision is enormous. The vision is, oh, let me think, love God, love people. Uh, worship God. It's pretty simple stuff. But to a bored person with no revelation, they're looking for the extra special stuff. You know, what about Israel? And uh, League Two, you're going to, they, they say belong, believe, dream, achieve. League Two is their question, League, League One, their question is, do I agree? And the moment you don't come up with the goods and come up with the vision that you said you'd come up with, they've left the church because it was all based on agreement, not based on a heart Capacity based on agreement. A marriage based on agreement is a rubbish marriage because you, you, you're meant to disagree. 
So, and then, first, then finally, uh, League Two is, is love God with all of your strength. And the question that League Two players have is, do I fit? Do I fit? You take them off guitar, they backslide. You, you take them off eldership, start their own church in Rocky. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just stupid. But that's because their value was unfitting. And we've done that. Oh, come welcome to church. Let's do a gift analysis, find out where you fit. No, don't do that. Because then they'll fit. And church isn't about fitting, just about loving. And you know, the fact is, I've never fitted for 35 years. I just don't fit. But that's because I'm from the future. I'm a part of the future. I'm a, I'm a piece from the future. I don't fit today's puzzle. I've never fit. And, and, and you know, uh, it's, it's, it's in the culture now. You want to find your tribe. Show me one scripture where you find your tribe. It ain't there in the Bible because you actually find some other tribe to then influence that for the sake of the gospel of Christ. You don't want people like you. You want people not like you because that's the basis of the church is the only reason we're here together is because of Jesus. Otherwise, it'd have nothing to do with you. That's a definition of church. I'd have nothing to do with you if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. So, you know, I don't fit. I've never fitted. But I wasn't called to fit. I, 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 I've never found my tribe. It'd be a really weird tribe if I found it. I'm not going to like it at all. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of woke theology out there. That's, that's completely wrong. And if I was to add a bit of woke theology, self-love, you're never going to love yourself. You're gonna, the more you study yourself, the more you're going to hate yourself. The more problems you're going to find. It's analysis paralysis. The more introverted you're going to be. The answer is extroversion to an introvert. That's the answer. To wrap yourself in extrovert when you're an introvert. That keeps an introvert a healthy introvert. So their question is, is do I fit... And yet, the real question you want to be asking is, am I changing? If you want to build a glorious church, am I changing is the only question. Am I changing? And people need to say, yeah, I'm changing. I'm more loving this year than I was last year. I'm kinder this year. My heart's larger than last year. I'm, not le I'm less scared of what people think about me this year than I was last year. There's, there's, there's samples of change. And here's, here's my conclusion, right? Because I'm going to draw this in, right? Stop mimicking the world. Stop copying the world. You know, they go, oh, do I fit? Do I belong? Then you go home thinking, well, do I belong? And it's an, it's an endless question because you're not here to belong. You're here to believe. And you're here to love. And you're here to make other people feel like a million dollars. But the more you think, well, do I really belong? No, because it's not your tribe. God's taken you as a missionary out from your natural habitat into a missions habitat. That's what churches are, missional missions habitats. So you'll never fit in. Stop looking for BB, BFFs, or BBFFs. Stop <laughs> Bloody best friends. Stop, stop looking for that. Just, just stick... Just stick with friends. I just, I've got some friends, right? Have you got a best friend? No, I haven't got any best friends. And for, for women have a lot more best friends than guys do. What about a guy? Do you have any best friends? Nah, not really. Just hang around a few people. Well, that's good enough for a guy. Stop trying to make a guy like a woman. You know, a guy with a, with a best friend is an odd guy. 
<laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just weird. You know, he's always walking in with his best friend. It's just slightly strange, right? You want to have an array of different friends, right? Because you're here to be a massive influence, right? I've, I, I've said to God, I said, God, why, am I, why do I give so much? Because in every offering from the moment we started ministry to now, my wife and I have given at least one twentieth of every offering we've ever get, put together in church life. And, and sometimes it's from a congregation of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. It's still a twentieth. And I thought, God, why do we give so much? It's just not fair. How lazy are they? You know, some of them earn four times as much as we earn, but we're giving one twentieth of, of church life. And then God said to me, it's David, because you're Premier League. You like, to me, you're like David Beckham. I thought, Lord, say that again. <laughs> Sometimes I hear the word Ronaldo, but, but I realize, you're right, Lord. This is what Premier League people do. We're excessive. We go beyond the call of duty. We don't measure ourselves by the average congregation member. We're not into the Pareto principle. We're excessive. We're giving all the time. We don't stop. We don't drop. We, we keep on giving even when times are difficult. We keep, that's what Premier League plays. That's why the Premier League's the Premier League. That's why the rewards of the Premier League are 50 times as much as the reward from the Champions League. Some of you just need to slap yourself and think, I'm Premier League. And stop your whinging. How come, how come you're left with the jobs? It's your Premier League. How come I'm the last to leave on Sundays? Premier League. <laughs> you know, why am I thinking about the next offering? I'm Premier League. You know, why, why, am I, why am I the one that people bring their rejection, frustration to and smack me in the face? Because I'm Premier League. It's what you do. I got one last point. If I can quickly find it, if not... That was my last point. <laughs> my last point is, don't, you want to disciple Premier League people. Don't disciple non-Premier League. We, we've wasted our time discipling people that don't want to change. It just becomes a lecture. It becomes, hey, there's a few things I've got in my heart for you at the coffee shop, but they've got no interest in changing. So what I do is I, re, I give everyone a big hug. All, all leagues a huge hug but I only disciple the Premier League. How do I know the Premier League? Because there's a change happening. They're morphing. They're transforming, right? If they're transforming even just a little, little, little bit, they're good enough for me. So it's not, it's not age-related. It's heart-related. I'm looking for those who, say, who don't say, first, let me. You know, the early adapters in church life, they're proving to me through early adaption, have a prayer meeting. They're kind of there at the prayer meeting, right, along with the religious people, right? But they're kind of there at the prayer meeting. And you can sort of think, oh, gosh, these people are already already filtering themselves out. I'm going to disciple them. But in the past, we thought, we'll just disciple everyone because everyone's a disciple. No, they're not. Maybe 75% of your church is non-disciples. 25% is what Jesus talked about. They're being transformed from glory to glory. Now, that's a, that's a judgment, you know, but it, it varies, you know, but what I'm saying is have a two-lane system. One lane is about have intensity, have standards high. You're trying to create Olympic athletes here. You say one more time around the track, you're quite militant, you're quite, you can bring out some, some stop thinking like that, you know, you can, you can be firmer with a certain group of people that are into change. They want to become proper long-distance athletes. But to everybody else eating their McDonald's, don't talk to them about the field. Don't talk to them about long distance because you're going to annoy them. And you don't want to annoy people because there's nothing worse than annoying people uh, undeliberately because then, then it's just going to get into your head and you just want a clean head just full of 
just people who are in this game with you called the Premier League. And then there's, you're always going to have a little bit of argy-bargy on the side. I'm done, but it's been great talking to you, and uh, thank you so much for having me, and uh, I can't wait to come back. I'm preaching here on uh, Sunday morning for those who are in this church, and uh, so thank you so much for having me. God bless you. See ya. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Let's give him another applause. Thank you for bringing the Word of God, really speaking to us. There's a lot to chew on in that. So I'm sure as you go home, you'll be chewing on that for a bit. I know I will be. So definitely. Thank you again, Pastor uh, James and Pastor Michelle, for letting us use your facilities here. Thank you all for coming. Now, before you go home today, a couple of things. Remember to connect with somebody that you don't know. So look around the room. Yep, that's it. Practically now, look around the room. It's good to look around the room. Yep, see somebody over there and just go, I am going to connect with that person before I go home today. That's how it starts. You might be sitting there thinking, I'm a bit nervous about that. Well, that's okay. It's all you do is this. I don't know this gentleman. It's like this. How are you going? My name's Nathan. Nice to meet you, Steve. Great to have you here today. It's not hard. <laughs> when I put the mic down, Steve, I'd actually really like to get to know you because I don't know you. But that's what I mean. It's not hard to connect with people. Let us be the church of God that loves each other, wants to connect with each other and be with each other. Let me pray for you today before we go. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that you are here and that you've ministered to us. We thank you for Pastor Dave that he's brought the word that has spoken to our hearts, not to tickle our ears, but to challenge us, Father. And we thank you for that. I pray blessing upon him and his family, Lord God, I pray blessing upon every person that is here and upon every church in our region, Father. We thank you for what you're doing in and through us and your kingdom. Uh, bless everybody in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Have a great afternoon and a great Sunday in Jesus' name.